Hey guys, it's me, Deej, from the Nerd Nerdpocalypse Podcast, and I'm just here to hit you with some information before the feature presentation. So here it goes. You can find news, updates, and previous episodes at nerdtocalypsepodcast.com. We'd also like to invite you to check us out on social media, facebook.com slash nerdtocalypse, or connect with us on Twitter using hashtag nerdtocalypse or at nerdtocalypse. If you'd like to contribute further, we encourage you to indulge in one of our many perks and become a patron at patreon.com slash nerdtocalypse. Nerdtocalypse Podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. Now go, enjoy the new episode. I hear it's a good one. Welcome, Welcome to the, to nerd, the nerd, lab. nerd Lab. Get those nerds! 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 Let the nerds take over. over! Nerd Alert! What are you, some kind of nerd? Not some kind of nerd. I am the king of nerds. Nerd! Nerd stuff probably really excites you because you're a nerd. is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. Hello, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, TV and film, Star Wars, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and beyond, Pokemon, the Walking Dead universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT Super, and the films alike, and most things in between. That's right, guys, and here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from all the fandoms you love. Please reach out to us via email, nerdtocalypse at gmail.com, Twitter at nerdtocalypse, or simply write up a review on iTunes or facebook.com slash nerdtocalypse. We'd love some listener feedback. <clears throat> What's up, nerdthusiasts, and thank you for joining us for episode 52 of Nerdtocalypse. Now, don't be disappointed in us. I know we can't, we didn't have some special 52 episode for DC, but sometimes it just doesn't line up that way. We are way behind on shit, and... The Walking Dead season finale was this week, so we're not not fucking talking about that shit. Right, right. Now we we apologize if we're we're gonna try to you know ne- not necessarily fly through it, but we're gonna try to get through this episode a little bit. It's gonna be you know you, it's gonna be a little different. I know last week we said we were gonna have double Arrowverse and double Walking Dead and double all this, but we decided to do something a little bit different. Yes, we're um, gonna talk about last week's and this week's episode of The Walking Dead, and then we're gonna talk about last week's episode of all the Arrowverse shows. Right, and then next week we're going to cover this week's Arrowverse, and s- since there's only Legends next week, 
we'll have a full episode. Right. So. Last week when we made that promise to all you guys, we had no idea that the shows were going to be going on break um, for three weeks. So, um, and The Walking Dead was ending for the year. So, uh, we do that. But before we get into all of that, we don't have any news. But I would like to make two or a couple announcements, two or three announcements here. Um, the first announcement here would be that we are going to open up. Not that it hasn't been open, but we're, we're encouraging anybody who has who is in, has interest in these shows or movies or anything like that. You, uh, we, we we encourage you to email us your thoughts. Yes, and we will develop a segment where we will read our listeners' emails. Yes, if you want to hear your emails on the show, just do that. It's nerdtalklips at gmail dot com, all lowercase, easy to remember. Yeah, and whatever you want us to throw in there, like give us your name. Like where you live, whatever you know, right. and, and then whatever you want us to say, we will say on the air. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't really have limitations as a personal human being, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, just like if you, you know, but don't put anything in there that you don't want us to say. Like if you have, if you have personal, you know what I mean. Just right. You know, if you want your name said, you know, we will call you out. We'll read your email, whatever. Now, I would also like to take a minute, if it's okay with you, to plug the fact that my comic book is coming. Yes, sir. Okay, so for years and years, I worked on a comic book. Uh, finally got it taken care of. It's coming out, um, I'm hoping, for May 1st. Um, the comic book is called Dead Leap, and it is a sci-fi time travel series. It is only going to be issue zero. Issue zero. So it'll be like an origin tale, essentially. It, it's, uh, it's, it's really short. It's 11 pages. Um, I'll have it available. Price to be announced. I'm not sure exactly... If I'm going to sell it or just give it away. Um, and then effectively, it should be on Comixology by May 1st. So yeah, I'm sorry, check it June out. June 1st. Very much potential in this comic book. Yeah, not just saying that because he's my best friend. <laughs> I'm you, very honest and, and fucking outspoken. So if it sucked, I'd say it. Right. And you had a part in it. You helped me edit some stuff. Yes. So it is... Uh, going to be very interesting and that should be I'm the logic advisor. The logic advisor. That would have been a great term to put in there. I'll put that in there later. But yeah, that's coming very soon and you guys will I'm sure that we'll get some, you know, some sort of ad on here eventually um that'll be promoting it, but maybe you know what, man? Maybe we could do a contest. What? We could come up with some sort of contest in order of which a listener might be able to win one or something. Yeah. By doing by doing something specific or I don't know I don't know we'll, maybe we'll come up with something could be a good idea we don't usually have disposable winnings just laying around and this is one of this is one of the things that I'd be willing to eat the price of right to send out to somebody hey it's a free comic book you might love it so why yeah not, why not try yeah absolutely like I said it's short it's about eleven pages I'm not gonna mince words with you it, you know it's not like super long it'll take you two minutes to read it but it's you know I've been working on it for like five years. <laughs> And it's finally a lot of artist problems, you know, not yeah. whatever. But he found a solid artist now. The previous artist is allowing us to use the stuff he already did. Right. So, yeah, we have more details coming on that later. We'll talk about that more next episode. We'll hash out some detail. But today, right now, we are going to get into The Walking Dead first. Yes.
All right, so The Walking Dead, we got the penultimate episode and the finale episode to cover here. The penultimate? The penultimate. The fuck does that mean? It means second to last. Really? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Interesting. That's what everybody called it, and then I looked it up, and that's just, it's pretty much the P-E-N ultimate. Penultimate. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, and it just means like, yeah, second to last or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a term that everybody uses, but I just... Never learn something new every day. <laughs> so yeah, the penultimate episode is uh, season seven, episode fifteen. Something they need. Yes, as we remember, the last episode ended with Sasha fucking working herself into the fucking survivors uh, into sanctuary, and correct, sir. Rosita con- confronting some silhouetted man, which I guessed was Dwight. And you were correct, sir. and I was very correct, and uh, that leads us right into this episode. The episode starting off without any explanation as to how these people are partied up. We see Rick with people from Alexandria and the Hilltop. You know, like now, not that I have a problem with this. I understand why they would do it because explaining, you know, showing them getting together would just take more time, whatever. But Walking Dead is usually really good at explaining. I never really have any questions when something happens in The Walking Dead. I usually like, okay, they explain it. I understand it. Right. Yeah. But in this, they just. You know, Jesus was there when he wasn't in the previous episode, and they're just all together all of a sudden. Daryl was even with them, and it was just interesting. All of us, I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck are they doing?" Like, right, in, right into it, man. They, were, but uh, so they're seemingly in a forest, and they're planting what appears to be bombs in various locations. As Rick sends Michonne up a tree with a sniper rifle, he tells her to wait for her signal. Uh, we cut to Sasha in a cell at Sanctuary when the Savior comes in with the intentions of raping her. I was totally pro savior on this one. I was looking forward to it, but <laughs> uh, no, I, I do not condone rape of any kind. He does. <laughs> <laughs> when Negan comes in and shuts that shit down, no exceptions. Hashtag good guy Negan. Use it. Use it well. <laughs> Knowing from the comics, Negan is very against rape. Apparently, the one thing he's not okay with. So he kills the guy and leaves him in the cell, also leaving behind a blade, giving Sasha three options. Now, we say this because it's funny because Negan's very, he'll just murder everybody, doesn't care, but he is not okay with rape. He always makes it very clear he is not raping the women he's sleeping with. They are choosing to do it. Right. Whether whether they have no option or not, they're not ever saying no. (laughs) And apparently that's all Negan needs is not hearing the word no. Yeah. uh, Whatever. So, again, Negan's like kneeling down with her and he gives her three options. He He has a seal over his shoulder. Drops a knife in front of her. Option number one. He says, you can try and kill me, but you will probably get smashed by Lucille. Now, this isn't quote exactly. I don't remember exactly what he said. Option number two. You can cut your wrists, take the easy way out. You know, whatever. He was down with it. But he liked her. He didn't want that to happen. He thinks she's tough. He doesn't believe she would choose this option. Number three. Slay the walker and survive. Because the guy he killed, he didn't stab in the brain, so he will ultimately become a zombie. Or a walker. Sorry. It's not a zombie. And... So those are her options. She goes with option three, which, you know, obviously she wasn't going to try to kill Negan. Negan had the high ground, and Negan would fuck her up. She ain't going to cut her own wrists, and so she did what probably anybody else would have done. With a a soon-after visit from Eugene, he brings pillows, blankets, and a lamp, etc. Keeping in mind, now this is of utmost importance, everybody. Listen closely. This pillow is not not hypoallergenic. He tells Sasha so practically... To practically, he tells Sasha to practically bow down to Negan. 
the reason I put that in there is just because he was like, and I it was like my apologies, but this is not hypoallergenic. Like, like it, like she fucking expected. She was it to gonna be. be like motherfucker. I ain't taking it then. Take get it out of here. It ain't get hypoallergenic. Get the fuck out of my face. He's so weird and awkward about everything. He like. really is. So, uh, so now from our perspective, Eugene is being a little bitch, but he does at least give a logical reason as to why he's doing what he's doing. Doesn't mean I accept it. Doesn't mean I like it. I fucking hate Eugene right now. But his logic is there, and I'm a very logical human being, so I can see, I hate to say it, but I can understand. From his words, he never felt more in danger than that day in the forest. He does not want to feel like that ever again, and he will not feel like that with Negan. And I like to say, until he does something Negan does not like. Negan even killed their doctor. Nobody is safe, so I don't know what makes him fucking think. You know, all he has to do is upset Negan one time. Yeah. Then the doctor didn't even do anything wrong. It was a lie. Yeah, it was straight up a lie. So, like, you know what I mean? Fucking so, fucking, Dwight. Eugene being as smart as he is, a fucking idiot. So, after that, Negan checks in on Sasha and is happy as shit that she chose option three. <laughs> he was. He was fucking happy. He was just happy. Like, it's weird seeing him so I love Negan, but it's just weird. It's so weird rooting for him. But yeah. you don't root for him at the same time. I don't know. I love seeing him. He does so good, man. I'm more and more impressed with just him as Negan every yeah, episode. Yeah, I am too. Except that he needs to buzz that fucking hair because Negan had his buzz cut in the comic books. Hey, man, maybe season, maybe season eight. Maybe. He did say something about having to cut his own hair at one point when he saw He's like, oh, this fucking Rick, I would not have fucked with this guy. Like that video they saw. <laughs> yeah. <him. laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> he had a huge beard and long ass He's like, hair. I wouldn't have fucked with this dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I cannot wait till August comes and we can get that. I will probably buy this season. Who's August and why do you want him to come so bad? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I will probably buy this season on Blu-ray just because I know it'll have all of the seasons oh, uncut. Oh, yeah. So, it um, might be worth watching a second time just to see that stuff. Now, so when she, he visits her again, happy that she chose option three, Sasha seems to be s- more swaying towards the thought of joining Negan. Like she kind of said, kind of was just kind of seceding to the fact. Like, right. She kind of just had to accept it, I guess. But she soon regrets that. Uh, Eugene visits again where Sasha tells him she cannot do it and she needs a way out. By means of a knife, a blade, a gun, glass, anything anything that I could cut myself, stab myself, whatever. The audience, knowing that this is all bullshit, or at least I you know, I immediately was like, Well, she's not gonna she's not obviously she wants it to kill Negan. Eugene comes back with of course the one thing that she couldn't use on Negan, the fucking poison pill that he made for those bitches. And she's you could see her disappointment in his in her face too. She's just like, Oh she's man. Like, Fuck. Of course. It's fucking one goddamn thing. And if those bitches never would have came to him for that, he wouldn't have had that poison. Right. So it just fucking goddamn it. So now this concludes Sasha's storyline for this episode. Now we go over to Oceanside, where Tara holds Natanya and Cindy at gunpoint and attempts to bargain with the stubborn leader for their guns and their allegiance to fight the saviors for vengeance and taking their men. The leader is extremely apprehensive, but Tara explains their time is running out, and if they don't agree, Team Grimes will take Oceanside by force. Keep in mind, they're very surprised to see Tara because everybody thought she was dead except for uh, the granddaughter or whatever. Right, it's, and it's, it's pretty fucking crazy that Tara was able to sneak in there completely unseen and yeah, get into the house. Yeah, it was crazy, but she knew that place, I guess. Like, she was there, so it was... Yeah. I don't know if she was there long enough to study every fucking square inch of it, but yeah. she got her way. She got herself in that house, so whatever. So Tara explains calmly that they don't want to kill anybody, but they need their guns. Again, their leader declines, and is, it is quickly the situation is quickly flipped on Tara as the bombs go off and they run out of time. 
Rick, Daryl, Jesus, Tobin, and a few other allies start to round up the Oceansiders and begin explaining their plan. But they're... It was just funny to me because like they're like we don't want to hurt you and nobody, but Daryl's like still rough as shit with these people. Like he's like grabbing and throwing them down and shit. Like they're like I don't know. I think Daryl's just taking all of his anger out. He has Daryl don't give no fucks. Daryl don't give no fucks. <laughs> uh, so Daryl begin or th- make they, a rap song they begin, titled that. They, <laughs> they explain their plan and they are quickly interrupted by Natanya with Tara at gunpoint. So Tara is now the hostage. Um, some of the women want to fight, but Natanya is throwing her foot down. Yeah, that dyke bitch. I don't like. I don't mean to sound sex, whatever. But that that, that short haired one. She's like, we want to fight. Yeah. So, uh, Cindy uh, punches her grandmother in the face. Fuck yeah! I was like, woo! Knocks the bitch out, uh, allowing Tara to be free and for Rick and company to take their guns, um, with a promise from Tara that they will return them when they are done. Uh, they leave with one last middle finger to Rachel. <laughs> yeah, that little girl. That little girl's a boss, dude. She really is. That, she, like, killed that fucking zombie, like, that walker. She, she like, like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but she, like, kicks a walker in the nuts, and the walker, like, bends over, like, like oh, my weebles. <laughs> I mean, that's really There weird. are two things that reanimate on a walker when it becomes a walker. It's brainstem and it's testicular nerve endings. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if, Yeah, like, I know. Like, they just got boners just like, and shit. Like, <laughs> they just, that was, like, instead of eating people, it was the, I mean, now we're back to the rape. But <laughs> you think if a walker died by auto auto asphyxiation or whatever auto erotic asphyxiation does people that like choke themselves with ropes yeah and he like had his hand around his dick if he just would have his hand around his dick forever like after rigor mortis sets in or he'd just be like what the fuck am I doing and it releases cock I don't know <laughs> it would probably end up just coming off and he would just be holding this penis I mean that would be fu- <laughs> I'm pretty sure that somebody in that world has done that. I mean, can't see it on AMC, but whatever. Right. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure even uh, Robert Kirkman is going to be listening to this episode because I'm uh, optimistic, and uh, he's going to be like, "Holy fuck! I never thought about that. I'm going to see that shit in an issue coming up." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what are the chances?" All right. So, uh, upon arrival to Alexandria, they're greeted by Rosita, who says that they have a guest. In the cell, we see Dwight. With an immediate and ridiculous reaction from Daryl, I wouldn't consider it ridiculous. Well, not ridiculous and completely that warranted. Like, yeah, ridiculous yet warranted. It's like he was like a lion seeing some prey after not eating for weeks. Like yeah. he fucking wanted him, dude. Like <laughs> I can't blame him at all, dude. He fed him dog food sandwiches. I'd fucking kill his ass too. Yeah, back when Daryl was on Easy Street. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, so Rick holds him back, and it is revealed that Dwight wants to help. That he wants Negan dead. With a smirk on Rick's face, revolver in Dwight's face, Rick tells him, okay, get on your knees. Oh, it was a fantastic, like, I would, Rick would be like, now I'm Negan, bitch. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, so we have five questions following this episode. Question one, will Sasha survive? Question two, will Oceanside come to their senses and help? Question three, will Eugene finally realize his errors and not be Eugene. Uh, question four. What does Dwight truly want? Question five. Will the garbage pail kids hold up their end of the bargain? All now, I will questions. say they all get answered. That is true. So I, I love when that happens. Dude. When like, like I said, Walking Dead is good at that. They will answer every goddamn question you have. Like, yeah, I never really leave a season disappointed. Obviously, there's cliffhangers and there's going to be answers. Well, at least at least toward the end of the season, uh, during the middle of the season, it takes forever for them to answer questions, but everything does yeah, come but full the, circle yeah, eventually. It all comes to fruition. So, w- moving right along to the finale, 
The oh, hour man. and a half long finale, which some crazy shit happened for us, and we were almost super pissed. Yes, because <laughs> we stream it online, and the websites we were using, we we always know that it cuts them off at the end because we always miss like the last, like the next time on Walking Dead or whatever. Yeah, but this, our stream site was cutting off a whole twenty minutes to uh, one third of the episode. Right, and we finished it, and I was just getting pissed because it was coming to an end. I'm like, this episode sucks. I was like, this can't be the end of this episode. And so we found out that, no, there was another 20 fucking minutes that we almost missed that made this episode. Shout out, shout out to Sebastian Kubinucci for helping me out Another on that fucking one. Sebastian. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first 40 minutes of this episode pretty much revolves strictly around Sasha. We see glimpses of her face with headphones in. Uh, and what we assume was maybe a hood or okay. something. You know, like the typical black hood somebody puts on somebody so they don't know where they're whatever. Like, right. So she's apparently having some type of hallucination or memories of Abraham. Uh, this goes on quite a few times, more than we would have liked. More annoying than the Carolyn Morgan shit from last season. Uh, yeah, I, I was getting warm. Like my body was truly getting warm with how annoying, how annoyed I was at this. Like I didn't like it. Oh, I hated it. And and partially because uh, we knew as the episode was coming to a close, when we loaded up the episode, it said forty-one minutes. And Remember we were what we like, say though? Fuck. Character development. Development equals death. Yeah. So. By the end of this episode, I was less angry about what I was seeing. The only reason I was angry at the moment is because the episode was coming to an end, and this is what we kept seeing, and I'm like, I was like, this is really the fucking finale. Yeah, it was like a waste of time. But, so, by the end of it, I was a little less upset about this, but still, it was irritating. Right. So, during this, we see Carol and Ezekiel uh, in the kingdom working their way to Alexandria, and they are joined up with Morgan. Uh, we see Maggie and Jesus talking about making a decision. Morgan was wearing... Uh, he was wearing Ben's... Ben's fucking armor. He and sure was. Ezekiel knew it, too. He re- recognized it immediately. He yeah. Was, are you wearing that for his memory or his honor, or are you wearing that for whatever the fuck else? I can't remember what he said, but... Yeah, something like that. You know, but Morgan's been losing his shit again. You know, he was thinking about his son. I think he saw Ben as his son again, so it's hard for him, man. Absolutely. I feel bad for Morgan. He tried to be... He, we can all say that he's annoying because he's trying to do the good thing and not to kill, but somebody somebody has to. He I has guess. a heart, man. Like he's not the same from the comic book, but I like I like Morgan. Right. Um. Let's see here. Uh, we see Maggie and Jesus talking about uh, making a decision to take the hilltop and go help Rick. Yeah, and, and we yeah, because Jesus was like, you know, I trust you. What you're going to decide on, and he's like smiling. She goes, Why are you smiling at me? He's like, like, I'm just happy that it's you making the decision. Yeah, not Gregory. Because Gregory would have been like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> not happening. I'm a pussy. Bitch, Gregory's a bitch. And then he'd look at Jesus. He'd be like, you get those tampons I asked for? Fucking pussy. Did we talk about that in the last episode, how Gregory was like being a bitch? Yeah. Did we? Was yeah. that last week? Yes. Okay. Um. So we see a bit of Negan talking with Sasha and about, about how she's going to help him uh, and the bull- bullshit and... We also saw Dwight explain why he wants to help Rick and um, Rick and them with an immense amount of willpower from Daryl, uh-huh, which is crazy. Daryl like puts him against the wall. He takes that takes that uh that fucking knife was like inches from his. Oh yeah, knife. not even inches, man. It was like millimeters. You know, so fucking it, right there. You know, Daryl. That took a lot. Like I said, willpower from Daryl because Tara's yelling in his ear, "Kill him, do it." You know, because she killed his girl. He he killed her girlfriend, and it was just fucking. Like, She's like, you know that girl you killed? That was my girlfriend. He's she was a doctor. For her. She was that important. was when Daryl fucking just lost his mind. Went yeah. all fucking lying on him. Yeah, and then Rick didn't stop it this time, but fucking... See, but Tara could have easily... Because of the way he had his arm up, Tara could have easily just came in and just pushed his elbow forward and stabbed D- Dwight, but she didn't do that. But Right. But, and then uh, we got to give the reason as to why Dwight... What Dwight gave. Uh, 
his girlfriend of his that let Daryl out, she got away. You know, she's gone. Yeah. The his only wife. reason the only reason that he was doing what he was doing for Negan was for her. Right. Now that she's no longer there, he wants Negan gone just probably worse than anybody fucking else. Like, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? You know, he's Negan been dealing with his for, face. Yeah, stole his wife. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, this is, I don't know. I don't really like this actor as Dwight. I don't think he even remotely looks like Dwight. No. But he, I, I don't know. He's growing on me. So Dwight convinces Daryl not to kill him and to let him help, which Tara clearly is unhappy about. Yeah. But he said he's going to drop some trees in the road, hopefully give him a bit more time to prepare. Um, let's see here. So we go back to Alexandria, accompanied by the garbage bail kids. They start making preparations. <laughs> they're like riding in on bicycles and shit. <laughs> yeah, they're riding in on bikes, and then they drove like three huge fucking garbage trucks. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> um, they, they start making preparations, rigging explosives on the vehicles, and everybody's taking up posts. Um, Michonne taking the place as the sniper now, apparently, since yes. Sasha's not there and Andrea's dead in the show. Now it's upon Michonne's shoulders. Right. Which is going to be an odd... It's odd. I think I know where they're going with it. I have a theory. I'll talk about it at the end. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so Negan and the Saviors come to the block in the road that Dwight made, and Eugene steps out and apparently has a plan to uh, minimize casualties Dwight and increase our success rate. Negan had no suspicion against Dwight, at no, least that we saw. Not at all. But yeah, he <laughs> says something like, you know, to, minim- to minimize casualties and increase their success rate and blah, 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 blah. So he hops on the truck and approaches Alexandria. Eugene is standing on the back of it with a microphone or megaphone. Um, Eugene tells Rick to stand down. Rick replies, what's the word? What? What's the word that I could use on how Rick replied? It was very, he had tears Apprehensive. in his eyes. Yeah, he had like tears in his eyes. And yeah, because the scene, seeing somebody that was part of his group ta- speaking on behalf of Negan. Yeah. It's pretty it, It's pretty emotional, but Rick replies with a broken voice, you know, where's Negan? And Eugene just says, I'm Negan. And then Rick, you just saw his heart, like, I, I think I physically saw his heart drop into his stomach. Like, oh, yeah. This this causes Rick to look down at Rosita and signal her to detonate the explosives that are in the truck, literally right next to Eugene. Would have Eugene. Been fucked. Um, but they don't go off. The confused lick, look upon Rick's face... And all of the garbage pail kids turn and hold their guns on all Alexandria, all of Alexandria. Yeah, they I, hold them at gunpoint. Now I partially saw this coming, but I didn't at the same time. Like they were giving them weird looks. Like I remember when they were out planting the explosives, one of the garbage pail kids was like kneeling down, tying her shoe or something, and looking at Rosita weird. And then that scene up on the balcony with Michonne and that other one, she was acting strange too. Like she's like, "No, I'll go over there." Yeah, and she kind of was like looking at Michonne weird from behind. I'm like. What are they doing? But I was just I just chalked it up to the they're fucking weird. <laughs> you know, I was like, they're just, they're just strange. Yeah, they so, are really fucking like, strange. Can I lay with him next? Like she's fucking oh, that woman is weird. I don't know why they talk like that. I can't understand it. <laughs> Hopefully we get a little bit more context. I have no idea. They're not from the comic book, so I have no idea. Yeah, it's like they the, the end of the world comes and they lose all fucking proper grammar and shit. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Let's see here. So while while Michonne is fighting for her life in the sniper balcony, Negan exits the vehicle and begins taunting Rick about Eugene being on his side now. Uh, he uncovers a coffin and sets it upright, telling him that either Sasha dies or Rick complies. Hey, you're a poet and you didn't even know it. That's right. Uh, 
Eric complies and chooses one of his own for Lucille. Yeah, that was his demand. Either he's like, either Sasha dies or you guys bow down and you choose somebody for me to kill. Those are your only two fucking options. My turn? Yeah. Uh, so, right see, when he, he opens the yeah, coffin. when he opens the coffin, he was like very confident. He was like opening, he's like, Sasha, he goes, I don't know if you can hear in there and and then he's like talking to her through the thing, and then uh, we see a little, a little flashback. I think Sasha's last flashback. We and saw. It was so annoying because it was so long and unnecessary. <clears throat> yes. And the episode was like, it was only four minutes left. I'm like, really? Oh my God. Like, this is going to end stupid. But again, we fucked up. So he lets her out, and out comes Walker Sasha. She looked pretty cool. She did, but it was it was sad at the same time. But she attacks Negan. They fall off the truck right together. It's a pretty good plan. People that don't read the comics are like, "Fuck yeah, Negan's going down!" But we know, yeah, yeah, we know. Like, you just it's like when all, Green Arrow is in a situation where he's gonna die. You always know he's not gonna fucking die because he's fucking the Green Arrow. It wouldn't be a show without the Green Arrow. So it's, right. we just knew. So this this story is sort of a, a spin on the Holly story from the comic books. It's a little different. Actually, it's a lot different, but yeah. essentially the same thing happens. The rape scene happens. All that stuff happens the same way, almost, except um, Holly drives a bus into the sanctuary and then you know a whole bunch of shit, and then all that stuff happens, and then instead of uh, the coffin thing happening, they just put a bag over her head and right. use her as a trade, I guess. I mean, she was a walker when she showed up, right? Yeah. yeah but they a, did that on purpose. Yeah, they opened the gates of Alexandria and <coughs> let her stumble in there and they removed the bag and she's a walker. So right. it's, yeah. But so, they just did that kind of that same exact thing in Fear the Walking Dead, so they, they changed right. it up a little bit. Well, I, it was interesting, man. That coffin was... I did not expect that coffin. No, yeah, that was That was quite weird. the fucking twist on things, but... And then all hell breaks loose. The saviors ultimately coming out on top, kill some Alexandrians, and have Carl and Rick knelt down when Negan tells Rick he's going to kill Carl and cut off his hands. Now, this was sad. Like, you know, Rick was still, he had that look on his face again, as he did before, like, fucking, like, you know, he's just defeated. And so, I hate it. I hate seeing that on Rick's face because he's so fucking tough. It's Rick Grimes. Nobody fucks with Rick Grimes. But yeah. Rick is no longer the scared little puppy as we thought he we saw. He tells Negan, he goes, "You can do it in front of me, and you can cut off my hands, but I will still kill you." Like, fucking, the, just the anger in his voice, man, was fucking, like he was determined. Dude, this next scene make made my heart skip a beat when Negan picks that fucking bat up, and 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 just begins to no, when, when, uh, before that in the distance oh, yeah, we hear yeah, a yeah. scream from what we seem to be Michonne, and like Rick gets a look on his face, and Negan's like, "Oh." That must have been somebody you just cared about dying, huh? And like, oh my god, he's so, oh, but but yeah, as DJ said, right after that, fucking, you know, he he specifically says he's like, I like Carl, so I'll do it in one swing. You know, I'm yeah. gonna try to do this quick, dude. Because if I had a son, I would want him to be like your son. And he's like, and that's saying a fucking lot. Because I'm sure he'll say fucking a lot of times in the Blu-ray. But well, I just man, I my heart literally was just like boom, 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 and I was like, fuck, 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 oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And he just just gets to the peak of swinging that bat and fucking tiger attack. She becomes the fuck in man, and she looked better than she has ever looked. Oh, hell yeah. So surprised. That fucking tiger snuck up on everybody, man. I was not expecting no. to see it, and it was awesome. I was like, holy shit. I was expecting like a gun. I knew it wasn't going to hit Carl, because I just... Well, yeah, but absolutely. I expected a gunshot or something, but fucking Shiva coming in and fucking shit up, dude, that was dope. It could not have happened any better than that. Yeah, Shiva looked awesome in this episode. 
So Not that uh, she doesn't usually, but motherfucking Shiva comes in like a fucking wrecking ball, followed closely by Ezekiel and the kingdom just and war and like you know battle just commences. And not long after they show up, Maggie in the hilltop shows up. Alexandria will not fall, not today, yeah. or so, not fall on this day. And he's so fucking. I'm surprised he wasn't like charge. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I love Ezekiel in this episode, though it was awesome. So with some awesome CGI, we see a scene like the guy that she attacked. She was like chewing on this fucking guy's face. Oh hell yeah! She just. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it was fucking gruesome. Brutal, dude. That guy was like alive still. He was like shaking. Like I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> he deserved every goddamn bit of it too. Negan was totally blown away by this ex- this experience happening. It was insane. So uh, the alliance, what we mean, Hilltop, Alexandria, and uh, Kingdom chases the saviors out. Because they were a little overwhelmed, and I don't think the saviors had all their people regardless, but... And he, Negan did not expect that. No. He not did not expect means. those people to show up, which was good. Um, So, you know, like I said, he chases them out along with the garbage pail kids, the remaining ones that are alive. That leader bitch is still alive. We didn't see her die. And uh, we find out that Michonne came out victorious. That woman was dead. That was a tough bitch, man. Yeah, I could not was. imagine another woman beating up Michonne. Yeah. And, I, and she was... all. Michonne probably got as close to death as she could possibly have got without dying. Like yeah, she for like, sure. was on the fucking brink. Yeah. So, but you know, she, but she, like I said, barely alive. She is fucking like puffy eyed, and she just like looks like she's dead against the wall. And, and like Rick just bows down to her, and is, like, and she comes to, to, and she's like trying to say words, but like she's just so fucked up. So, but she's alive. That's good. Michonne's a good character, and I didn't want to see her die. I thought, I honestly thought she was gonna die. Yeah, I did too. I would have been a ballsy move. <laughs> so uh, back at the sanctuary, Negan is suspicious about Sasha's death. Uh, we all know that she took the pill. You know, we saw her like at the, one of the last cutscenes. We saw her with a little baggie, and she because she, she asked for a bottle of water too. Yeah, and uh, she took the pill to kill herself to prevent. She pretty much foiled Negan's plan. Um. So yeah, but she. I mean, if you think about it, she. Well, she nearly had Negan died during that scene. She would have fulfilled. That was a pretty good plan on her end. She knew that she had to do that to kill him. Yeah, but it but didn't it happen. Didn't. But we didn't expect it to. But still, she hey, she got a couple. You know, she fucking at least ate one savior. Yeah, that's so true. She fucking did something, man. I mean, it was a, it was a boss ass way to go out. I mean, if you didn't come into this episode knowing that Sasha was gonna die, then you've never watched The Walking Dead before, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I said, character development. You know, we saw a lot of backstory on, not backstory, but a lot of stuff about Sasha. She was probably going to die. <laughs> so, uh, Eugene comes to the conclusion that says, uh, she, you know, we locked her in there pretty tight. She died from lack of oxygen, which, ne- you know, Eugene knows how she really died. And uh, Negan says, maybe. He doesn't seem convinced. This is one of those things that, you know, Eugene did something that he's not going to like, probably. And yeah. You know, this is going to be Eugene's way back in or something. I don't know what's going to happen with him. So he walks out. Uh, when he walks out on the balcony, the balcony, he tells his army, "We are going to war." A big group of people, man. Like savers are huge. I never forget in the comic books too. They always they had a lot more people than uh, than the, than they expected too. Like yeah. a lot of people. So. Uh. So, uh, with an ending scene overlaid with a monologue from Maggie about Sasha and Glenn and their whole experience since the apocalypse started, an iconic scene of Ezekiel, leader of the kingdom, Rick, leader of Alexandria, and Maggie, new leader of the hilltop. Now, they haven't stated this exactly, but that's what's coming. She's at least taking up that mantle as of now. So 
more than likely based off Jesus' reaction earlier in the episode and Gregory's bitch ass not being there. And the fact that she convinced the Hilltop to come and do that with her, so, you know, they're going to yeah, follow her. More than likely, they're, yeah, they're going to vote Gregory out. But so Maggie, Maggie, whole, uh, yeah, they're all standing there among their people. It Maggie was so holds, cool, man. They're just like raised up, just three of the three of them looking. It down was, at yeah, their, it was, it was so neat. Oh yeah, oh, you gave me, I love it. I so Maggie love holds Glenn's pocket watch in her hand. Uh, both sides are preparing for all-out war. And the beginning of next season is gonna come in fucking hot. I guarantee it. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till the trailer shows up. Oh, my, oh yeah, I know. We got months, months. Yeah, San Diego Comic Con is usually when it drops. But I'd say two thirds of this episode was all right, but the last twenty minutes of it was more than enough to make up for it. It was a good episode, very good. I couldn't have asked for a better ending. All right, uh, now that finishes off with The Walking Dead, which will come back sometime next. Uh, we still don't know a release date. It changes all the time. It used to be like on Halloween, then maybe it was in November, and then maybe in the middle of October, but we'll get more information on that next. We are going to get right into Supergirl, season two, episode sixteen, titled "Star Crossed." This, uh, the next Supergirl and Flash, is a crossover scene, a crossover episode between Flash and Supergirl, uh, involving the Music Meister, which was very interesting. <clears throat> so, as Monel and Kara sit down to watch a musical, a message comes across the television across the city: "Give us Monel." Um, so that spaceship we saw, uh, we saw his parents, uh, Hercules and, uh, Carrie Hatcher, Carrie Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what's Zorbo. the one? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he quickly surrenders to the call and is unhappily reunited with his parents with an awkward dinner and lots of passive aggressive insults with Kara, uh, mon and his parents and some truths are revealed being the fact that mon is a prince. And Supergirl this whole time thought he was just a Daxamite, of just a regular Daxamite. Oh, yeah, and she's pissed. Yeah, very pissed that he lied. Um, she has had enough and leaves the ship, and Monel follows. Wynn and Lyra break into an art gallery to have sex. You know, they were like, you know, they were all kissing outside of it, and then he used her to break in there. And so then uh, the next morning, Monel is not Monel, um, Wynn is called in by Maggie Sawyer because apparently a Van Gogh had been stolen from the art gallery. <laughs> Why do we call him? We on their here? surveillance camera, it only shows Wynn. Right when things look, cause, you know, because you know, because like, he's like, no, she was there with me, and then like they, he like she like showed him the footage, and it was just him. And he goes, "What the fuck? Like, how is this happening?" Um. So right, uh, when, right when things are looking bleak, Alex and Jimmy show up and are given twenty four hours to prove Wynn's innocence. Now you know she was only doing her job. You know, yeah, absolutely. So I can't you can't really hate her for it, and Alex didn't hate her for it either, but she just wanted. We know when was innocent. Alex knows when was innocent. So you know she yeah. Need- she like looks at the paperwork. She's like, "You're lucky that the judge didn't sign this warrant or whatever it was." <laughs> yeah. She's like, "You have 24 hours." And so she had 24 hours to prove one's innocence. Uh, and with some investigation, they find Lyra at a trailer park, at a, and a fight breaks out. 
and hearts are broken. You know, she pretty much tells when you were just a tool for me. Yeah. You know, that's all you were. You were bitch. nothing else. Fucking labia face. Fucking labia face, bitch. <laughs> See, you know, he can eat pussy and then he can go up, make out with her and still eat pussy. <laughs> so, um, Lyra, so they get Lyra while the others get away and they, they get Lyra and the painting. So Lyra being in the cell, Wynn confronts her about lying to him. He is extremely heartbroken. She tells him she only did that for her brother's safety. Apparently, there's some other alien gangster out there that has her brother held hostage, and she has to do these things for him. Her, his name is Bastion. Bastion, the, the bad guy, or her brother? Her brother. Okay. And with the clever ruse, Wynn and Lyra seemingly go alone to exchange the painting for her brother Mandrax. That is wrong. For her brother, Mandrax. Oh, yeah, no, painting for her brother. Mandrax, the criminal alien, realizing it was a fake, a fight breaks out. So, Guardian shows up right as he's about to be beaten down. Um, when he broke something and he goes, Steve, you can break titanium alloy. Yeah. Which is crazy because we were just talking earlier about what his stuff well, was made out of. Our buddy of. Dan was there and he goes, what is that shield made of that could deflect that? And I'm like, oh, fuck if I know. I thought it was Prometheum, but... I thought it was vibranium, but maybe a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Uh, so, uh, uh, the DEO arrives arresting Mandrax and clearing Lyra and Wynn's names. Also, her brother Bastion's name. Um, Supergirl, having a hard time coming to terms with being lied to, ultimately breaks it off with Monel, who decides to stay behind instead of going to Daxum. So, yeah, he just tells his parents basically to fuck off. He's going to stay behind and be with the girl he loves. Or try. Yeah. So, finishing the episode, we have a new prisoner who's apparently extremely smart. He gets himself caught and knows of the interdimensional vice, device that Cisco gave, uh, created, and in, in when perfected or calibrated to Supergirl at the end of the invasion crossover. Um, after putting Supergirl in a trance, which was a really cool effect on the eyes, I really liked that. That was. Um, yeah. He uses the device to head to Earth-1 and go after, quote-unquote, the fastest man alive. He hops through the breach as Kara drops into a deep, unconscious state, where she seems to be dreaming up a scenario where she is performing on a stage. To be continued on The Flash. Yep. Think of your fellow man. Lend him a helping hand. Put a little love in your heart You see it's getting late Oh, please don't hesitate Put a little love in your heart And the world will be a better place And the world will be a better place for you and me You just wait and see All the world. 
times like these when life is getting me down and the world seems like it's gonna end ship there's at least one power that we both still have and that's the power of friendship yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah it's an easy rhyme i'm your super friend <laughs> your super friend i'll be there in the nick of time if you're ever in a spot and if you're not there in time you can just go back in time and give it another shot i'm actually not supposed to do that anymore oh okay sing i'm your super friend super friend when you need a compliment i can rattle off a dozen I have to say, I'm not impressed by your more famous cousin. Thank you. No one ever says that. Oh, he's all like, oh, I'm Superman. <laughs> That's a really good impression. Thanks. I'm your super friend. Super friend. When it comes to buddies, pal, you're the best. I love you more than the lightning ball that wear on my chest. If you're ever sad, I'll bring you Soprano as one of your powers. Thanks. If you're ever broke, I've got the cash on my couch. You're welcome to crash. And if you ever need a hand, I'll be there in a flash. Barry. That was funny. I'm your super friend. I'm your super friend. So we're going to get right into The Flash, Season 3, Episode 17, titled Duet. This is where the crossover begins. The way we... It seems to be a pattern. Supergirl... The end of Supergirl begins the crossover, and the crossover happens on Flash, Arrow, whenever they're... Whatever. Now, they did announce real recently that next year... Well, I guess this year, the end of this year, when they do the crossover right before Christmas, it'll be a legitimate... Four episode crossover. Fuck yeah! Like the whole thing will start on Supergirl and all that shit. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, it'll, it more than likely will probably end like halfway through Legends or something. Yeah, but um, so well, no Arrow. That's after Legends now. Oh, Arrow. Yeah, that's what I meant. I forgot <coughs> about that. So let's see. So starting our episode off with Barry also watching a musical. Cisco insists. Coincidence. That, yeah, Cisco. Remember, he's living with Cisco. That's why he's at his house because of him and. Uh, Right. Iris. Well, I guess he, the first the first bit of the episode starts off with that, and then it flashes back to Barry watching musicals with his mom um, when he was a child and stuff. But um, Barry's watching a musical, and Cisco insists that he stops <laughs> moping around and gets up and does something. Just then, a call from HR comes in, and there's a breach in the lab. None other than John Jones, Supergirl, and Mon-El come through the breach. But Supergirl is unconscious, warning Barry... Oh, yeah, she's unconscious. So warning Barry of the danger, um, Barry soon after comes across the Music Meister in the labs in the Speed Lab, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, who apparently <coughs> has powers similar to that of Mixie's Pitalik. Yeah, so this is not the Music Meister we know from Brave and the Bold. Completely different. 
not even close to the same thing. <laughs> but it is still pretty cool, I guess. It would have. I would have much rather have seen it the other way. But this episode was still entertaining yeah, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so he. Uh, "Quote unquote whammies, Barry." That's the word that they coined about what they were doing to him. Yeah, he was doing to them. And him and Kara are in the same dreamlike sequence inside their heads in a world that they created, which is a musical. Now I specify this. Remember that they created this world. Okay, that'll be relevant not intentionally, a bit. but it was like their subconscious created this world. Yeah, they created all the people and everything in this world. Now I, that's important later. Yes. Um. The, so, which is a musical. We see Cisco as Pablo, Wynn as Grady, and even Malcolm Merlin as Cutter Moran. So, after a rousing performance from which we saw all three of them singing, which was interesting. Yeah, we fucking saw, like, Wynn was singing, even fucking Malcolm Merlin was singing, and Cisco was singing. Put a little love in your heart. Now, we knew Cisco was a singer, right? So is Wynn. And Wynn was Wynn is also a, a known vocalist. Yeah, they're all on, they all did Broadway stuff. Did fucking Malcolm Merlin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? They're all stage performers. They all come from a stage background. (coughs) Interesting. It's pretty weird. Even uh, Joe West was in Rent. We know Joe Joe West from other episodes that he's an amazing singer. Yeah, and Victor Garber, who plays Stein, was also in a bunch of stuff, which he sang last week. Yeah. (laughs) The best rendition of (laughs) Dale. (laughs) I love that scene, dude. It's my favorite scene from Legends ever. Um, so they find out from the music meister who is in the in the dream sequence, but he's not actually there. Um, that they must complete the musical by following the script in order to escape. <laughs> so Kara and Barry are left without their powers, and are captured by uh, Millie's, who play who is played by Iris. We also forgot something. He does tell them though that if you die in this world, that's you correct. die in real life. Yes, that's relevant later too. Um, so <coughs> Iris was in the dream, but she played Millie. And she had two dads. And Barry's captured by them, both the dads. So Joe, who played Diggsy Foss, and Stein as himself, apparently. Who are gay lovers. <laughs> and is, that's which is weird because Barry and Supergirl thought this up subconsciously. And they put them two together. Yes, weird. Very weird. She goes, oh, dads. <laughs> He's like, wait, dads? <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> so they are captured um, by both those and Stein, they want they basically capture them to find Millie. Yes, they didn't know where she was, so only to find out that she's in love with their rival Cutter's son, Tommy Moran, who was played by Monel. Yeah. So, with some <coughs> advice from Supergirl and Flash, they tell their fathers the truth. All Which, seems before this though, we got an interesting scene in that room where they found them. Where they were like kissing, oh, yeah. and mine. I was like, "Oh, I love her so much." And then like Barry gets this look on his face, just this, <laughs> oh, like just like he stepped in dog shit that was rolled around in dog shit and it was stuffed with dog shit. Like it was just the like, look yeah. on his face. <laughs> he's just, oh, it was very, very it was fucking well done. hilarious. So funny. We had to rewind it and see it again. <laughs> I want to make a gif of it. It's funny as shit. That's happening. Uh, so let's see. With advice from Supergirl and Flash, that tell their fathers the truth. All seems well. Um, with a little musical sung by Stein and Joe. And Malcolm. And Malcolm. Yeah, they wage war anyway. Yeah, like they sing this thing, they seem to accept them, and they're like, and then after the whole musical, they're like, we're going to war with them. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, of course. Uh, so still attempting to get out, they decide to continue with the script and write an original sing-along song with some tap dancing entitled Super Friend. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm your super friend. <laughs> 
So in the real world, Vibe, Martian Manhunter, and Kid Flash go after Music Meister, who apparently has absorbed the Flash and Supergirl's ability. <coughs> Which again, he does not do that. <laughs> we have to focus on that because it's very wrong. Yes. But with a little bit of triple action ass kicking, they take him out. It was pretty dope. It was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, it was awesome. So, so when uh, when the real Mon-El and Iris confront him, he says he cannot get them out. Uh, being Barry and Supergirl, but if they love them enough, they will find a way. He's very encrypted, very fucking cryptic, I guess is what I should have said. Uh, uh, they have Cisco vibe them into the dream, uh, into the dream world just after Barry and Kara are caught in the crossfire of the war and are shot. They both end up getting shot. With a simple act of true love's kiss, they are freed. You know, Monel kisses Supergirl and Iris kisses Barry. Because remember... In the beginning of this, Iris and Barry weren't on the best of terms. You know, she kind of was still very apprehensive towards him. Kara and Supergirl, no, I mean, uh, Monel and Supergirl are clearly not on the best of terms right now. And they both realize, well, Monel always loved her and stuff, but Iris realized, fine, like, fuck, I almost was out without Barry. Right. So she went in there and did what she needed to do. And they are freed. Uh, Music Meister easily escapes from the pipeline. They're like, how did you do that? He goes, oh, you thought I would keep me? I'm like, yeah, we thought it would keep you. It keeps every goddamn body else. Like, <laughs> Um, he reveals that his intentions were to mend the hearts of the heroes and that he is off to do it again elsewhere. So, he just wasn't really a villain anyway. Like, no, he just planned it all. Like, very smart. Yeah, interesting. But, uh, let's see here. Yeah, so he's off to do it again elsewhere. Hearts seemingly mended. Kara and team head back to Earth, or to their respective Earths. Then we get a beautiful solo song from Barry to Iris called Running Home, Running home to You. Running Home to You. And to make your panties wet, you're not human. <laughs> and a reproposal, and she says yes again. So all for the right reasons. All of the songs that were in this episode can be bought on iTunes. Now we are not sponsored by them, so but if you would like them, you can get them or watch them on YouTube. I I, I saw a couple of them now. A couple of the actors, uh, such as Barry, uh, Melissa Benoist. I'm sorry, Grant Gustin, Melissa Benoist. Um, I think his name is Chris Wood and Chris Darrison who played Music Meister, they're all from Glee. Obviously, they all have singing backgrounds, and it's all actually them singing in the show. Yes. Um, and like we said, Joe West was from Rent. Uh, Victor Garber's done many musicals. Um, and then Cisco and Wynn have background, and uh, John Barrowman have background in theater. I would have loved to have seen an Oliver Queen. Right, he can sing, too. I don't, I don't know what he's from, but he can sing stuff. And so can his cousin, Firestorm. Yeah. All right, so that was it for the crossover. It was okay. It wasn't. We were expecting different from the Music Meister because in like the comics or not the comic, but like in the Brave and the Bold, his ability, you know, he makes people sing and dance in real life. A lot like the demon from Baffer the Vampire Slayer. But apparently, he put them into a coma-like state instead of doing. The he way makes Batman sing in the Brave and the Bold, and it's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. But in real life, it's not in this fucking weird dream state thing that he put them in, but whatever. He, like, has to face off against the Black Canary, and he's like, she must sing better than me. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking weird, but it's so funny. Seeing Batman do anything out of the order, like, smile, or in the fucking, what was that? Uh, the killing joke, he laughs at the end. Jigglypuff. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, in the ba- in the killing joke, he totally la- cracks up at the end. Yeah, so it's just, it's weird. It's always weird seeing Batman out of character, but whatever. Two men in an insane asylum.
we are going to get into Legends of Tomorrow, um, Season 2, Episode 15, titled Fellowship of the Spear. Um, the Legends of the Wave Rider. The Legends on the Wave Rider <laughs> and the Legends have three pieces of the spear and deduce what... Yes. Uh, deduce where the Legion of Doom is operating from. Uh, the vanishing point being where the Time Masters were located and where Snart met his unfortunate end. They take a trip there and find the last piece right under Eobard's nose because he never would have expected that they were smart enough to find that place, which he said out loud. Yeah. And it was very hard. For, you know, uh, there was a scene Mick was standing right there where it, where, where that happened with Snart. You, you it, it was rough. You could tell it was hurting him. Yeah, for sure. So back on the ship, <clears throat> they get away with all the pieces, and back on the ship, the pieces automatically merge back into the spear. They are talking about destroying it when Mick all of a sudden just starts blasting it with his fire gun. You know, that's a mix thing to do, which... <laughs> He's you like, know, you said destroy, I destroy. You know, they were, like, upset with him, but it caught, it made a phrase pop up on it, which, of course, it did. <laughs> Plot yeah, progression. why the hell not? And it was in Latin, but it was it uh, was born of blood, undone by blood, which, to me, was very obvious. Like, I immediately, when, they, when I heard that, I was like, okay, it makes a lot of sense, but everybody else was like, whoo? <laughs> <laughs> Only Nate was the one. He had to like explain that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> they're like, what does that mean, Nate? <laughs> yeah, like, so it, he so he ends up saying it means Christ's blood created the spear. Therefore, only Christ's blood can destroy the spear. I thought it was pretty funny how <laughs> Sarah's like, well, we gotta go. She's like, Gideon, take us back to the crucifixion, and Rip is like, nope, nope, nope. There nope, are nope. a few things we cannot do, and that is definitely one of them. <laughs> which is so, which is an interesting way of le- legends deflecting that religious thing happening in their show. Yeah, which is funny. Like I was like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. We cannot show up at the fucking death of Christ. It cannot happen. <laughs> we can't be going. We can't show up <laughs> to the fucking crucifixion. This close to Easter, not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, traveling to the last known location of the blood of Christ during World War One, apparently in France. Now, I thought in this episode they said World War Two, but in the next episode, when she refers to the old episode, she referred to it as World War One. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I feel very confident that that is a straight-up continuity error. Maybe. Either way, one of the world wars in France. During all of this, Mick is still seeing Snart and just having a hard time. You know, he's still, you know, those hallucinations he was having out on the battle, like not on the battlefield, but on their side of the camp, he sees Snart. And Snart, like, tells him pretty much that, you know, the team will never trust you. You're always a criminal. That's how they'll always see you. And he's just getting into his head, fucking with him. And uh, when Snart actually punches him and actually hurts him, leaves a bruise on his, bruise on him, but which is odd because he's a hallucination, right? Uh, mentioned earlier, the spear will try to call out to your weakness and desires and attempt to be used. You know, uh, um, what's his face? Fucking Rip. He's like, it will try to call to you. You know, it'll, it'll prey on your you. weakness and it'll yeah. tempt you. The whole you know? team has uh, struggles with this almost, except for like no, just two of them. Yeah, I guess it is just two. Well, it's Mick. Yeah, Mick and Amaya. But uh, so simply saying that they will. Oh wait, wait. Uh, we use Damien with a master plan apparently is not concerned that they have the spear simply saying that they will either try to destroy it or hide it and they will be there when they do I believe that was actually said by reverse flash but right they were you know they were together on it um, the legends accompanied by none other than J.R.R. Tolkien the, ri- the writer of Lord of the Rings right he apparently published a paper in regards to the last known location of the blood of Christ, you know, he... Yeah, and involving Sir Gawain and... Yes, it's not a very co- popular, it's a common thing. I wonder if it's real. I wonder if he did actually write a paper like that. He might have. But 
and Nate knew this, of course, so they go and find him, and they realize that, you know, they knew that he was suffering from uh, trench sickness. What did they call it? Yeah. Whatever. Trench fever. Trench, whatever it's called. Typhoid fever is what it was. <laughs> um, the legends, you know, so they're accompanied by him, and due to the knowledge of the blood of Christ, they find find their way to an old church looking for the grave of Sir Gawain. They follow some little clues very similar to uh, Angels and Demons and Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Nick it was, finds it on like a goblet that he conveniently <coughs> picks up and the sun shines on it and yeah, makes words. And they, If know. it wasn't for convenience, the show would not make it. <laughs> oh, dude. Next episode has so many convenient things. It's ridiculous. Yes. But we'll talk about that next week. Um, so when they, when they, they find the grave of him and Nate just punches the wall out, which is, was so obviously whatever you want to call it, just right there. <laughs> the guy just so happens to be like, right behind the wall. Yeah, like that only that part of the wall was crumbled up. Yeah. It was weird. Um, which we can assume, or so they see an, engra- an engraving on his chest, which we can only assume was some sort of map, I guess, because Tolkien was very keen on getting that engraving. And it didn't, and at a second glance, I first thought it was just some type of. You know, like crest, but it was different. Yeah. Um, so right then, Damien shows up, with, and he's accompanied by none other than Snart, the real Snart. Um, <laughs> funny. He's like, they're like Snart, and then like Mick looks around. He's like, wait, you can see him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was just, it was like blowing his fucking mind. <laughs> so they apparently went back in time and pulled him out before he became one of the legends. Um, with a bit of a standoff, the legends escape, um, and back on the ship, they find out number. They find out two things. Number one, the spear will react when close to divine blood. And number two, the blood is in the middle of hell on earth, which was the battlefield. Yes, right. And which, yeah, I don't know. To me, I feel like they just could have gone back in time, like a year or uh, three months before, before the battle started, in time? or backwards in time. Like, why not? Like the blood. Oh, yeah, there. I guess that's true. You know, if they would have gone. For, the reason I say backwards is because when they come, when they find the blood, it's like just sitting on top of dirt. <laughs> like it's just sitting there. Yeah. Like what? The, like I don't know. I, I like to think that maybe Damien already knew that that they were going for that, and they undug it and let it sit there. But nobody called it out. Like, oh, it's right there, sitting on top of the dirt. Like, yeah, I don't know. Pretty weird. A little too easy to find Christ's blood. But with a bit, <laughs> with a bit more criticism from the team towards Mick, they depart and search for the blood. They find the blood when Snart and Damien show up again, and Mick takes the spear and goes Take to the st- spear. <laughs> he takes the spear. And goes to their side, which is no surprise due to how he's been coerced and treated. Yeah, being coerced by Snart, you know, in his ear, and seeing his old teammate again, you know, has to be hard. And you know, he feels like he, Snart was right. They have been treating him like a criminal. You know, they they still are just shitty towards Mick. Like Mick is just their dog, and he's their yeah. muscle. Like ah. now, we should mention that no sooner do they find it, it is destroyed. Yeah, the the blood anyway. Yeah. So the legends, with the hopeful outlook that they do not, that the Legion does not know how to use the spear, um, they could not be more wrong. <laughs> Malcolm arrives with a book called the Colbash or something like that um, on how to use the spear. Nate, Nate pre- prefaces this by saying, yeah, you need this book that's basically a manual on how to use the spear exactly. Yeah. Um, they all grab it, hold, and begin chanting. And that is the end of that. And it like lit up and it like panned out above them and it just ended. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And that gets us into our final topic. We are talking about Arrow, Season 5, Episode 17, 
Capuchin. Capuchin. I think it's Capuchin. With our biggest flashback episode since uh, back on Lianyu, when you know, you know, that's, that's you know, back in the beginning of the show, we saw a lot. You know, half the episodes were pretty much flashbacks, which was fine. Yeah, I like that. Um, we see Oliver with the Bratfall planning on how to take out Kovar, played by Dolph Lundgren. The uh, you know, again, remember he promised what's her uh, Tanya, 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 mm. Tanya. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the woman that uh, obtained the magical powers on Lian Yu from that that uh, fucking statue thing uh, before he killed her, he promised her he would go and take care of Kovar. You know, he he at least owed her that for killing her and her brother. <laughs> so uh, he confronts Tatiana's mother, and uh, she ultimately gives him a key to Kovar's facilities. You know, the first time they met, it didn't go so well. She was kind of nervous, and Oliver kind of killed her bodyguard. <laughs> um, so he gave her a key to Kovar's facilities, and in this episode, we truly get to see the birth of the Green Arrow. You know, which was cool. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that this is much flashback. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Oliver and the Bratva break in to prevent Kovar from killing all, killing all of the political and governmental officials. Uh, a little bit before in the episode, they found like their shipping yard, and they found some gas... And they got a little uh, standoff, a little gunfight, and uh, Kovar shot, like, one of the things, and a gas got in the guy's face, and he fucking died immediately. Like, it was just so quick. Yeah, it was, like, oh like, my God. it was like a Harry Potter spell from the Weasleys, except not with, minus the death part, but, like, they got boils all over their face, and then started foaming at the mouth, and was dead. I was yeah, like, holy it shit. did not take long, man. That was, the, that was I, I don't know what that gas is, but it's fucked up. <laughs> but, uh, and so, with a gas, that will kill everybody rather quickly, as we said. Um, with the final showdown between Oliver and Kovar, but not before uh, he actually kills Tatiana's mother because they found out that she mm-hmm. gave her key to somebody, but she would not tell who. But not that it really mattered. All was put out in the open soon enough. So with the final showdown between Oliver and Kovar, Oliver comes out on top, killing him and ending his reign. It was a pretty good fight. Like Yeah, it's quick, but good. Yeah, good fight. Uh, so Oliver, we see Oliver getting his captain tattoo for the Bratva on his chest. We on finally, his chest. I, I like seeing, like you know, because we see now he gets the scars on his back. Now we get to see. I like seeing the origins of his body marks. Right, like. it's pretty. It's pretty good writing. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm somehow being involved with Kovar. Um, in the would, past, mind you, this is you know this is all flashbacks. Like, yeah. Kovar, he was talking to Kovar in his office earlier on in the episode. Just for, what are the odds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Malcolm and Oliver were in the same fucking spot. Without knowing it. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, it's probably about the undertaking, I'd imagine. Yeah. And then we see Kovar revived, like... Yeah, like, like Michael's like, who did this? I'm like, oh, we don't know, some fucking guy, or no, or no, that's his business or something. Right. And then he was just like, well, whoever did this isn't going to be happy or whatever, and then it's Kovar like, like, I would wakes hate up. to be him right now. And then Kovar just wakes up, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know how they're going to re... I don't know, man, he... How they're going to bring him back in? I don't know. Maybe he's vigilante. But, um, <laughs> Prometheus. Prometheus. So Prometheus continuing is uh, continuing with the torture of Oliver is making him relive his kills in a Dexter-like yet hypocritical fashion. Yeah, he's like, you you killed people, blah blah blah, and he's like, and he's like, you killed your own. I was like, you killed your own wife, and then like, right after that, Oliver's like, who are you to talk? You killed your own wife. Like, <laughs> You're like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So he continuously asks mm. Oliver to reveal his secret, which Oliver knows not. He yeah, uses like, Evelyn. He's getting mad. Like we haven't seen Oliver this beaten down and just like furious, dude. Like, he was getting fucking pissed. Like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, oh, 
Like he uses Evelyn as leverage, which she played. She was Artemis on Oliver's team yeah. a while back, um, making Oliver believe that he killed her, until Oliver finally reveals the secret that he wants to know, and that is that he wants to kill and he likes to kill, and Prometheus lets him go. He just leaves his fucking suit, his arrows and bow, and opens the door, lets his, takes his hook, uh, fucking cuffs off, and walks out. So the rest of the team is still looking for Oliver, who's been gone for six days, by the way. Six days? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, they get a surprise when Oliver just walks in, covered in blood, with his captain's tattoo burned off. Oh, yeah, that was fu- He does, like, burn it with a torch right off his chest. Ugh. Ugh. So he declares, I am done. I am shutting it down. Yeah, he it, it's, it's just as hard as seeing Rick Rick Grimes beaten down by Negan. Like, er, like it's hard seeing Oliver defeated. Like, yeah, for sure. It, like, it was just he's the toughest dude you know in that universe. You know, in that in the, in in the show, or not in the universe, but in that show. And he's like, you just seeing him like that is hard. Yeah, it is really hard. Can't but, blame him. Uh, it was it was a good episode, I think. Not a lot to talk about, but a good episode. But yeah, that that uh, wraps it up for episode fifty two. Again, we will be we'll be back next week with. Uh, Supergirl Flash, two episodes of Legends, and an episode of Arrow. Yes, and we will have nerd news next week. Uh, we didn't. There wasn't a, the reason we didn't do it today is because we didn't. There wasn't a whole lot. Yes. Um. You know, pretty much, pretty much that I, I had different things about Spider Man. Um, Spider Man Homecoming trailer was released this week, a new one, and it was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of oh, news yeah. that came out for Spider Man this week. Yeah, we'll talk more about that trailer next week when we talk about news. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it right now. But, um, there's some Star Wars news that I have to put in here and all right. a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Well, we'll have a nice, good, regular episode next week. Yeah. And then after that, we're we're I, I'm imagining we're going to do what we were just talking about. We're going to do an episode um, about special features, special features uh, in DVDs that we haven't watched yet. Um, Fantastic Beasts, Doctor Strange, you know, Deadpool, all that stuff. And then we're going to do a Gotham catch up episode because, yes. ladies and gentlemen, Gotham is being added to the repertoire. Yes, every week we'll be discussing Gotham as we are discussing the Arrowverse now. And I cannot wait for Gotham to come back on. Yeah, now Gotham is going to transcend beyond uh, the Arrowverse stuff. It will, you know, it'll end a couple weeks after, right. probably well into June. Actually, we'll probably be doing one of the early episodes of Fear the Walking Dead we'll and the finale Gotham. of Gotham. Yeah, probably. Around the same time, I'd imagine. And mm-hmm. then it'll just be Fear for the rest of the summer and whatever movies we decide to throw in there also. Right. Um, but until then i don't think i know of anything that's coming up nope see you guys next week yes sirs yes sirs and ladies ladies and sirs we at nerd talkalypse podcast assume no claim in sounds references music and graphics and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved such as disney lucasfilm marvel dc comics warner brothers sony comicbook.com or any of their affiliates nerd talkalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes we can be found on social media at facebook.com slash nerd and on twitter at nerd you can also email us nerd at gmail.com we really appreciate you listening please subscribe to us at any of the following servers itunes stitcher satchel player fm and tune in radio are also on facebook every monday for a live viewing of the show please if you enjoy the show let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.